Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Ball Boys. We are the gayest, funniest, smartestest tennis podcast for everyone. You don't have to be gay, you have to be good at tennis, and you don't even have to be that funny in order to listen. But if you don't like any of those things, what are you even doing here? We are coming off a bye week since we needed the rest and a deep shower after that long clay season. And it's also our first bye week over here at the Ball Boys because we are bi-coastal this week. One of the balls is in LA and the other one is in New York City. And as they say, boy, are our arms tired. <laughs> as always, I'm Paul Munkholm, one of your hosts, and I'm here with Billy Hansen, the other ball. How's it going, Billy? Oh, Paul, it's uh, you feel so far away. I, I know, I don't reach, like this. I want to reach through that screen and grab you. Yeah, well, that's extra. <laughs> okay, all right. But well, I'm feeling a little extra Venmo. today. Yeah, Venmo me after the show. Well, we have I'll... a joint Venmo account, so I don't know how it's going to work. <laughs> and I know what you've been doing since I've been gone. That's part of my plot. Yeah, <laughs> Nefarious. Yes. Um, yeah, folks, I am over on the East Coast, and I am here for the tail end of Pride because Pride Month just didn't feel long enough in LA. And so I came over here to New York. Um, they, they actually wanted me to be in the Pride Parade to celebrate because tennis is such a deep part of our culture and community. Um, did you actually know that at Stonewall, that first brick that was thrown? Was a tennis ball? It was a tennis ball. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. one no one talks about this, but we we were there at the uh, on the front I, lines. I play tennis with bricks, actually. <laughs> well, I've seen your serve. And a I've, bit of a brick. <laughs> And I, I've broken a lot of strings. Martha P. Johnson, amazing backhand. I'm just oh, saying. <laughs> Sylvia Rivera covered the net like no one else. It was trailblazing. I mean, we literally have one or two days left. So it, today is the 30th. It is the last day of Pride. So, Paul, anything gay you want to squeeze in, you better do it today, Okay. Well, how can I do that when you're so far away? Well, that's fly me out. I can get I can get out there before midnight. Can you can you take a a brown eye over to New York? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, we are loopy. Um, and I'm not used we, to this we, East Coast humidity. We, I am schwitzing. Ah, uh, me too. Like, uh, no, I, I miss I miss the L.A. Uh, cooler evenings. I was out last night in the city and I was like, guys, I mean, I've only been gone from New York for a year and a half. And I cannot like I'm literally like uh, having hot flashes. And I, I, I told a, a fellow older lesbian that I was having hot flashes like you don't know what you're talking about. It was Margaret Court, actually. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> your but undercarriage exciting is news. musky, musky. I am. Oh, it is. There's so much Musk. It is. I'm like Elon. Just call me Elon for the rest of this. Is that a turn on for you, Musk? Like like a man scent? Is it a turn on for me? Um, honestly, there's there's a limit. And I like mm -hmm. it when people take mm -hmm. it to the limit. Yeah. Um, but last night I was hugged by someone who Ooh. had crossed the line. Ooh. And his armpits became my shoulders. And so I was walking around with just B.O. on the top of my shoulders, just like, hey, oh, and, yeah. uh, that was too much. That was way too much because we were in a hot room and I was just like, better than me? shoulder, better than shoulder pads is musky shoulders. Yeah, it was. It, everyone's wearing it in New York. It's yeah. It's no, I, I agree. I like some pheromones. I like some natural scents. I like, you know, that 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 gets me going. But there is a difference between musk and B.O. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that we need to uh, we need to, as a culture, understand that both those things exist. It's not I love all of it or I love none of it. It's that, OK, some of it's great and some of it's not so great. It's just like the clay court season. I love the clay court season. By the end, I was kind of over it. It was a little too much. I was like, OK, I'm ready to move on. And we've so moved on. In, in conclusion, I am not going to shower before I jump on that brown eye over to New York to see you. <laughs> Thank God. On today's episode, we're once again covered in stains, but don't worry, everyone. They're mostly green. And mostly. because the, gra the grass court, well, look, there's, you know, sometimes you 
dive on that grass and you come up with fleas as the saying goes. And uh, we've been plunged headfirst into grass court season because it is so fast, so furious. It is like, it is, it is more fleeting than my youth. Like it is like we are in and out of the grass season and now it's time to, to kind of well, recap where we've been. No, speaking of no, but fleas, you were mentioning fleas. My sister just got her entire house fumigated because of a flea infestation. But apparently there are cat fleas and there are dog fleas. I didn't know that there were two different kinds of fleas. Oh, wow. But what's strangest is that her dog was being infested by cat fleas. So they're not that discriminatory. Love wins. (laughs) Love is love. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm hoping I'm going down to San Diego to see her over the weekend. Let's hope that the fleas are gone. Oh, God. Well, you know, I, bring they, they, they say there's two types of people in the world. There's <laughs> cat flea people and dog flea people. Are you a cat flea person or a dog flea person? I I think I'm a cat flea person, but I think dog fleas are still going to jump on me and bite me anyway. I just think that dog fleas are, they have so much personality and they're smart. Cat fleas are just kind of mean and they just, you know, lick their, their paws and look at you. Okay. Should we get into our shriekometer? Let's get our into the tennis, y'all. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. So we have had, as we said, a pretty fast and furious grass season, way too much to cover overall. But if I were to sum up the grass season for me so far... It would be in the form of this shriek. And that is Miss Universe that happened earlier this year. There was Miss France who just introduced introduced herself as France. And then on SNL, Aubrey Plaza geniusly took that mantle. And every question that was asked to her, the answer was France. And so my shriek meter is and mm-hmm. that is the shriek that Petra Kvitova, one of the ball boys favorites, one of the icons of the ball boys world, um, she makes that when she is dominating or coming through clutch, she makes this noise that is almost unintelligible because it's not like ole or come on. It's just. Oh! Or yeah. What? Or vamos. Well, what, what she's actually saying is, I think it's pronounced. Pyod. It means come on and check. That's what she's saying. She had t-shirts made with that word on it. It's her signature. Uh, Yeah, come on. Um, But you're right. It doesn't really, you can't really understand, discern what she's saying. It it does sound like. And it's so guttural. And it's just like. "Ah!" And yeah. And and wait, how do you say it? Pyod? Pyod. I mean, I, I honestly, yeah, it's like. Yeah. I don't know because I'm trying to think of like other sort of Czech documentaries I've seen. Like I've I've watched this documentary Czech Hunters, and I feel like there's some come on there. So maybe it's pod for that. Are you, are you talking about Bellamy porn? What are you talking about right now? I'm having a hot flash. I'm I literally it's hot here in West Hollywood. Are oh you hot God, too? I'm like yeah, no, it's like Woo. well maybe maybe it's just too much talk about the coming on. But uh, I, I I look we're we're sweating together. I literally Y'all at home. I want you to turn your air conditioning off. I'm going to I want turn you to my put on an extra off. layer. I want you to all get just a little like glisteny, a little schwitzy with us. This is going to be a hot, moist episode. Paul, I love that. First of all, that sounds great for you. But I'm going to turn on my AC right now because I can't wow. take it. I'm I'm going to be nice and cool and dry, and you're going to be wet and hot and miserable and it's going to be great my body's more lubricated than yours right now and that's fine so um so anyway back to the shriek the reason why i chose that shriek is that petra i'm not sure that's true petra is back petra i mean she's back but she wasn't really that gone because you know she won indian wells like a freaking beast and then she just won also known uh, as miami she 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 won miami that's what i said indian wells the (laughs) miami version hello And uh, and then she just won a grass court tournament. Uh, she won. Was it Queens? And she uh, she's just <laughs> looking amazing. She's dressed in that spider web, like Miss Havisham type of dress 
where it looks like, you know, as everyone knows, Miss Havisham from Great Expectations and Charles Dickens, she was the old matriarch who was so rich, but she was very miserable and she hated the world. And so she just was like covered in spider webs and everything was rotting around her. That's kind of the vibe that Petra's dress is giving me. It's just spider webs, but she looks so chic. She looks amazing. And her game is, oh, it, I, I, you know, I know we don't objectify women on this pod. We more just objectify men. But Petra is just getting sexier and sexier and sexier as she gets older, right? She's really, I mean, you, yeah. You, you take a look at her winning Wimbledon in, in 2011 and, uh, and then 2014. Yeah. And now? Okay, everybody. Paul <laughs> just took off his shirt. I was getting jealous. How am I going to record with the chub? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Wait, did you just call me fat? Recording with a chub? <laughs> How dare you? Wow. <laughs> Look, you're giving Petra a little bit too much attention. And yes, folks, I just took my top off because I am schwitzing and oh wow wow well are you ready for my shriekometer i am what you got all right all right Mm. yeah so what's that well that was supposed to be shrieky and screamy and sloppy what did it sound shrieky and screamy and sloppy it did do it again okay good because that's how i feel about the grass season it's such a fun surface i mean it's an iconic surface, but this season it's three weeks. It's so short. Yeah. It's it's messy. It's chaotic. There are like eighteen tournaments, none of which really has any significance. No. Um, like the players arrive, they're slipping and sliding. They don't know what they're doing. They're like, oh, I'm going to play grass court tennis. So they just start start blasting the ball mindlessly, and grass deserves better. I could not agree more. Clay has taken up too much time in the season. And it needs to calm down a little bit and we need to get <sighs> a little more grass time. Cause yeah, I think there's too much hard. I think there's, I think there's too much hard, frankly. Well, I I'm just thinking what is getting in the way of grass Well, clay comes for grass. Mm. So, you know, cause even after, you know, the crazy thing after Wimbledon, then there's like two or three clay courts. It's like, why, why is clay? So, I mean, I guess, cause it's like, cheap and easy to play on clay and grass grass is tough to maintain it's tough to have a tournament we've all seen you know the wear and tear after just a few days yeah but, i mean it's so freaking cool have you ever played on grass i have only once or twice but oh man it's so fun yeah it's, yeah you feel like that ball is flying through the air and it's a different sport yeah you know it's great. and it's, it's really it's it what i do love about this like i agree it's 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 chaotic and it's messy i feel like people are falling down left and right it's like watching a baby deer learn how to walk and <laughs> and play tennis and but i do I, I loved watching like carlos alcaraz he transitioned into the the grass court and we was at first he was playing like he was still playing on clay it wasn't working for him and then he ended up he ended up winning whichever one has that really hideous trophy that giant it looks like that's um, Queens. You're, Queens. You're, 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 you're getting your tournaments mixed up today. Well, girl. that is see that. Look, it's so hot in here. And also there's just too many grass tournaments that are all played in someone's backyard for Indian, it was points. Indian Wells. It was Indian Wells. He won Indian Wells on grass. Yes, that's yeah. what I was saying. Um, but he won because he finally started to adapt his game and he's playing like a grass court. All of a sudden I'm dubious about him going too far in Wimbledon, but it's fun to watch people get used to the grass because it is so different. One might say, though, that Carlos is a rare talent and that he can adapt to grass maybe more quickly than others. The other thing, it's a three-week season. So if you have a deep run at the French, you you need rest after the French, right? You need to reset. And so, like... Have a baguette. That, Drink some those champagne. Turn, those tournaments the week after the French are kind of like, meh. And then there's that one week in the middle... And then there's the the tournaments right before Wimbledon, and everyone is pulling out, of course, because they're like, I want to get my my game for Wimbledon. Like so, Sviantek pulled out of Bad Homburg. Um, I have a feeling this is it's Friday. Saturday is going to be both the semis and the finals of Eastbourne for the men. I have a feeling we're going to see some pullouts there and. Spoiler alert, you know, one of the things I was going to talk about with the outfits and the looks is uh, Tommy Paul has debuted a mustache that is, uh, so as a mustache aficionado, 
I'm a I'm a mustache fan and he has one and I think it's because it kind of mimics the surface of grass. It's like that little mustache. It's, you know, maybe like mm. half of an inch long. The balls bounce right off of it. And it's just like he's <laughs> he's 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 like uh, one of those method actors. He's like, OK, I'm playing on grass. I will become the grass. Here's my mustache. The facial hair game with Tommy Paul versus JJ Wolf was was mm-hmm. a lot to mm-hmm. take in. It was a yeah. lot to handle. Yeah. And it was like the two bods. It was like you got that svelte lean Tommy Paul bod and then that beefy kind of beef wellington. Bulky, yeah. Meaty JJ Wolf bod and and then both with the, the stashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could, I could I'm going to watch that in slow-mo. Should Uh, we get into our winner's circle, Paul? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, like you said, there's been 500 tournaments um, on grass courts and uh, 3,000 winners. So we're not going to go through everything. Guys, you can Google who won all the tournaments. Like, that's not why you're listening to us. Ostapenko won something. Exactly. Did did Bublik win? Bublik won something. Yeah, Bublik we're gonna talk about something. him in a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's had a month. He's had a Pride Month. We'll he's get into that. He's had a big that. Pride Month, folks. It's it's yeah. huge. Um, big announcement yeah. coming up. Yeah. But before we get into that, a few highlights, so I just want to call out Francis Tiafo, one of my emerging faves. Francis, he's got something. So he's in the top ten for the first time because he won at Stuttgart, the Boss Open, and this year he's actually now won a clay court tournament and a grass court tournament. Is he the versatile queen that uh, we often hear of but never actually meet? <laughs> I, I I want big things for Tiafo. Sometimes, though, it's like you look at the American men, right? You look at Fritz, Tiafo, Corda, Tommy Paul, etc. And you're like, oh, they've, they've got it. They've got game. They're, they're going to break through. And then you watch Alcaraz and Runa and Sinner and some of these other comers. Yep. And you're like, yeah. uh, I don't know if these Americans can ever break through that. We'll see, though. Tiafo had a great U.S. Open last year, and he almost beat Alcaraz. So was it Alcaraz? It was Alcaraz in the semis, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he's he's he is not, I think he used to maybe get a little nervous, a little pee shy, mm. but he mm. is fully dialed in. He is he is tuned in, and I think I think he's got a shot at making some runs. Yeah, I don't think, I, he's not my pick for Wimbledon yet. I, you know, and we already talked about her, but Petra, uh, that run at Berlin, it was mm-hmm. Berlin to be clear. It was Berlin, Queens. like I said. Yeah, <laughs> she, uh, she looked great. What I loved about, what I love about how Petra's playing right now, is that she's playing aggressive tennis. Right, she is coming in there, she is serving, she is returning, she is looking for that first strike, mm-hmm. but she's still playing percentage tennis. Right. And especially when the score is tight, right? Like she's down break point or it's deuce. She uh, improves her margins. She makes her targets bigger and she doesn't just give away the point. And there are some women who just go out there and play with such aggression mm-hmm. that it, it feels sometimes very messy and chaotic. It's like they're going for every return like they're standing 18 feet inside the baseline again when they're on it's it's great but yeah i'd love for them to have a plan b i i think I, all i think all women deserve access to plan b um no so you're saying that women are a little too angry when they're mm-hmm. playing um and that they need to be less are you are you calling them shrill what are you saying I, Billy? well you know and speaking of the mic, I want everyone to really understand what you're saying about women and what they should do with their bodies. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash women too much. But no, I agree. But, I mean, look, I it, it was beef garbaggio. It was just like garbage. Honestly, these last few weeks, and that's why we didn't have a show, because we were like, we don't need people aren't dying for the ball boys analysis of what happened at some 250 tournament in the middle of buttfuck where everyone's just slipping on grass so yeah i i hear you but i think what your your point is interesting though because what like 10 15 years ago men's tennis on grass was really boring to watch right yes men's i like i would say that era of like even isovich sampras steak where it was just like serve yeah that was that was sleep i fell asleep during during that era um 
But then all of a sudden the men figured out how to return those big serves. And then the, the points got real steamy and electric. And I feel like, uh, right now the women are a little bit in an era of just serve return tennis, like, like one, two shot rallies and, um, two pumps done. Yeah. Yeah. But I, again, I have hope because I, I I think Sviantek might have a good Wimbledon run. Pagula mm-hmm. maybe even Goff. Some of these players that construct points a little bit better, I I think might have have a moment. So hopefully, if if we're dealing with an Alexandrova Georgie final or something like that, I'm not watching. No, not I'm boycotting. Watching. I am woman cotting. Yeah, um, no, I agree. And uh, you know, it's interesting, like. The, the men on tennis, the men on grass these days, I have to say the interesting thing about grass um, is that when they are sort of locked in and they are having some of those much longer rallies than they used to have, mm-hmm. we see points that like you can't really get them on clay or even hard court because they are just daggers through the court. And you just see these. It's like how are, it's like watching two people play ping pong, but on tennis, it's like bam, 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 bam. And it's it's <laughs> exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I think grass has the potential to really have like that wow factor that that other surfaces maybe don't have with the men anyway. I will say though that tweener from Spiontek and at Bad Homburg was mm-hmm. that was a, a moment. Good for yeah. her. Yeah. There I feel like there's like the rise of the tweener. Like the tweener used to be so rare. Or maybe it's just because everyone has like a you know a TikTok, but like I feel like we see tweeners a lot more like are there tweens more tweens than there used to be i i i think that shviantek as she was running back for that lob she was thinking you know i'm not the type of person who who does tweeners i am practical i am intense tweeners are they're fun they're playful they are impractical I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hit this tweener. I'm going to run back and hit a practical shot. And then she realized that maybe the tweener was actually the best choice because that lob was so deep. And so she was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna try it. I'm just gonna do it." And she did it. Mm-hmm. And she had just a little wry smile afterward, being like, "You know what? I can put on a show too, bitches." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was her whole thought process as she was running back. Well, I was going to ask, like, how many times did the ball bounce? That monologue <laughs> to come through from the beginning. To... Like, actually, it was very it was... high, high, deep long. <laughs> she, it was actually on another court. She had to run. <laughs> By the time it ended, the set was over. She had lost. Yeah. She'd been penalized three games. She just but she hit that thinking. damn tweener. She hit the tweener effectively. Yeah. 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 Um, did you see the the trailer for challengers the new zendaya movie i yes i saw the trailer but i only saw it on mute long story uh so i don't really know much about it but i know that she's in between two boys oh my god and she's like facilitating a threesome and then she has this great like moment where she lowers her sunglasses and like like looks real serious so but her forehand form Eh, I don't know, Zendaya. I don't. Okay, I. I mean, no, you disagree. Dis- we're gonna disagree on. Well, look, we. I know we never disagree. And, no. um, ma'am, you are so like I'm like. Look, I watched that trailer a couple times. Um, first of all, like yes, <laughs> <Unmute>. I, <laughs> it, it, actually, no video, just sound. And okay. they, yeah, I, I, yes, like they are somehow facilitating a threesome. Like everyone talks about the Challenger tour, like it's so bad and it's it's so day in and day out a slog if that's what it's like if there's a threesome with those two hot guys like i think one of them was from the crown and the other one is from my crown and <laughs> zendaya i'm in i like sign me up i don't care if i win 50 dollars for that week because like i'm you know getting it, it the, the challenger circuit looks super fun but i have to say like watching her like so seeing a lot of tennis movies over the years not that there's been that many but thinking specifically of kirsten dunst at wimbledon which by the way is one of my all-time favorite movies her form as a player it was like it, it was, was like it was like that tennis scene in bridesmaids it was just like it, mm. it was offensive 
it was, it was offensive that they thought that they could get away with that. And yeah. what's his face? Paul Bettany. His form wasn't much better. Oh, honey, no. No. I will say that the, the movie that really captured tennis form in a, a way that I felt was authentic, and it was just a great movie, mostly because of the lesbian sex, was Battle of the Sexes. That, I thought you were going to say Showgirls. <laughs> <laughs> that, the tennis in that movie was well done. I want a doubles match between Zendaya and Kirsten Dunst taking on Emma Stone and Rebel Wilson. Or, or <laughs> no. Kristen Wiig. Kristen yeah. Wiig. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I want I'm Rebel Wilson there just because she's a Umpire. big tennis fan. Well, and she can just say out. 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 That is Rebel Wilson's voice c- calling the out calls at the Australian Open. Yeah. A fact. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I, I love it. And and I think we said this in a previous pod, but I think every tournament should have a local celebrity or someone with a regional dialect calling those. Like I think the French Open should have been Marion Cotillard being like, no. <laughs> and what, how about Wimbledon? What should Wimbledon be? Um, that should definitely be like uh, Prince Harry being like, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Um, something like that. Something, something you know, something just that's, uh, off the top of my head. Um, yeah. But I do love that tennis is it is having a bit of a cultural moment, which is great because we are losing all of the big stars. But um, in this time, so also the the second half of the first season of Breakpoint came out on Netflix. Um, and it's yeah, a, it's a cool show, I guess. Yeah, I, you know what? I went in there. I was like, I'm not going to even watch this because I know so much about tennis. This is not going to like teach me anything new. This is for like the. And then the, you saw the, Stephanos in his underwear. This is for the masses, you know, like not not for me, but. I thought hey, it was you're not well a Netflix. Done. You're not a Netflix girl. You are an HBO girl. You are exactly. like I'm a premium max. programming. Yes, yeah. but um, I thought it was well edited. I I I loved the way that they kind of built that Kyrio Sissipas rivalry. Yes, I I didn't mind that Sissipas likes to spend a lot of time in his underwear, and that was captured on film. I mean, it's interesting. Like, <laughs> I definitely I liked the show more than I thought I would. You know, and yeah. I think it's tough because look sports it's hard to it's hard to really enjoy looking back a year ago on something that happened um i think they did find some good storylines but it's like i don't really care about your analysis of 2022's wimbledon netflix like it's it feels like they should find specific points in tennis time like the sampras agassi rivalry or right. martina and chrissy or like it could be more about specific or, or the year that the williams sisters were in all the finals together like those would be interesting stories to dig into versus just like i don't want to know what happened you know at last year's cincinnati open like i just don't care i'm going to disagree with you paul again because wow. i, I those tournaments were just enough removed for me that like I didn't they weren't fresh in my mind but revisiting them made me remember what a like that U.S. Open with Serena was nuts like her retirement you know yeah yeah that was uh, an important one yeah and and Kyrgios's run at Wimbledon was crazy too I just hope that Bublik is cast in in next season's <laughs> breakpoint because I want to see behind the scenes with his team. But I want to I want to know what's going on in Bublik at we'll, all times. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get he needs to, to be wearing like a, a a Nest camera. Just I just want I would just tune in to see like where's the what's the Bublik cam? Yeah, yeah, and a go <laughs> and a GoPro or whatever. It is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I mean I don't know how we got from Winter Circle into that, but I love it and uh, but. Let's move on from the winners and get more into some bops and flops and bops and flops. And outbursts. Um, so there's, you know, again, a bunch of storylines going on. So we're only picking the best of the best. The only things that that jumped out at us and uh, jumped out hopefully at you. But Billy, why don't you start us off? Like, what was a bop for you? Okay, well, I know they have no rhythm. Have you seen their dance videos, Sissy Dosa? I I I, I shudder. <laughs> I, I get a cringe. Yeah. It's chuggy. But, you know, even though they have no rhythm, they're still bopping for me because I'm into it. I don't hate it. I, You know, Sissy Pass, we have learned through Breakpoint and just in general that he's kind of awkward. He's quirky. He's, you know, 
he's his own he walks the beat of his own drum and um i think bedosa is right now she's kind of into it it's she finds it novel she's like oh i think she's gonna probably ditch him soon she's gonna get sick of it but he is such a rebound for her she had that long-term super hot boyfriend i'm sorry no man Bedosa boyfriend watch when we were watching her matches like we were like where is he like, let's find him in the stands because he yeah. was and I think they even got engaged I don't really know what happened but I'm not mad at Sissy Dosa and I'm, I even want more romance between the tours within the tours and top players right both Bedosa and Sissy Pass have been ranked number two you know they both had mm-hmm. deep runs at slams so yeah I want some more I want some more Sissy Dosa type pairings. Um, Wait, are you saying that people should only date within their rankings? Like, yeah. cla- like top 10 with top 10? Mm-hmm. Wow. Right, because, well, you, you want to be with that person for as, as much time as you can. So like if they're, if they're going to lose in the first round and then have to go play a challenger somewhere. Yeah. Where you, you know, only have threesomes. Yeah. 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 You're going to lose them to, to two, <laughs> two twinks. The two horny twinks on the tour, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and Zendaya is going to facilitate that uh, the whole, film at all, yes. you know. Yeah. So <laughs> you want you want your lover to also go deep in the tournament with you, and you know, yeah. understand when you can and cannot have sex. Uh, do you think players like don't have sex before a big match, or do you think they do? Do you think people have superstitions about that? Like I was wondering. Well, so here's the thing. So, so the reason, part of the reason why I'm not super into Sitsi Dosa, like, look, I, I. I'm not a Sitsi Pass fan. I used to call him Bitchy Pass. I was never a big fan of his. Like he's just kind of that got that attitude. And he used to be that guy who would always go into the bathroom with his phone. And like, look, we know that we I, I'm used to going to the I can't go to the bathroom without my phone, but that's just out of <laughs> habit. But he would go in and like text his daddy, which is also weird to do while you're going to the bathroom. But he, you know, he would kind of just take these like very inconvenient bathroom breaks. He I don't think just, it's weird. To text your I, you dad while weird? you're pooping. Yeah, I I Facetime my dad while I'm pooping. <laughs> Which face? He he just loves to look into my big brown eye. Brown eyes. You have most beautiful brown eyes. Um, <laughs> but like I I just I was never a huge fan of his. But you know, back to your question though about like, do they save it up? So here's fun fact. Oh. In the last 52 weeks, Tsitsipas is the only top 10 male player who has not won a tournament. All the <laughs> other top 10 ter- players have won two tournaments at least. So look, his game is not, he is not at the top of his game. Even though he's, yes, he's made no. some finals and some good runs. Like I would like, and and going back to the, even the way they announced their relationship, like, bro, you just got your ass handed to you at the French Open. You did not show up. And now you're like, and I'm in love and I'm jumping around with Paul Bedosa. Like, bro, no. Like, get your head forg- in the game. I almost forgot that he got to the Australian Open final. Like, mm-hmm. all right. Well, my bop, unreal, but hey, it, it is Pride Month and everyone is somewhat on board. You know, obviously, we've had a lot of uh, protests and backlash against Bud Light and uh, Target, but no one has been protesting the Cinch Open yet. So, uh, listen. Republicans and conservatives out there who are anti-gay go protest the cinch open because they had uh, their chair umpire chair um, draped in, or, or, or I don't know what the term is, but basically like covered in a rainbow so that, you know, to celebrate pride. So like every, every shot, you know, every, the grass court was normal. The net was normal all everything, was normal, but the, the chair umpire's chair, uh, had a big rainbow decoration on it. Um, and, you know, I liked it. It was cool to have visibility. Yeah. I loved that uh, Potapova had to uh, walk by it. And I just, I was waiting for her to just like hit it with her racket or, you know, cause I just, she's never said anything anti-gay, but I just get the vibes that she's not down. Oh, and she, yeah. she went, took a bathroom break, got on her phone and <laughs> after texting her dad she texted that colorado evangelical web designer yes. who won her case and she was like you're designing my website you yeah. are designing my website she's like can you photoshop this out of any <laughs> promos that i'm brought into um yeah no but it was a bop that they had that rainbow honestly though i don't think it's going far enough i don't think that we can stop until the entire court is a rainbow yes and they are playing with rainbow balls 
with rainbow rackets and yeah. the every all of the umpires and lines people and ball kids. And yes, I'm grooming ball kids <laughs> to be in rainbows. I think we just need rainbows everywhere. Otherwise, yeah. it's oppressive. No, the Madrid Open had was they were on the right track when they did the blue court, but they should have done a rainbow court. Yes, right. I mean, come on, that wouldn't have been controversial. Like, yeah. Or anyway. you know, okay, this is like less gay rights, but more just sort of fun. But like, what if there was a court that was like a third hard court, a third clay, and a third grass? Well, remember when Nadal and Federer played that match on a, a court that was half grass and half clay? Yes. Yeah. Wait, wait, who do we remember who won that? I don't remember who won it. I don't remember. I mean, it clearly wasn't that big of a thing because it only happened once, but it was a fun yeah. little idea. Oh, no, yeah. I love it. Yeah, no, and you're right. Like, let's look, guys, we're out of the binary. Like, like we can do whatever we, we can have courts doing whatever we want them to do. Let's I agree. Let's throw in some cement to that mix. Yeah, look, for sure. Given that we have to put up with Supreme Court and Margaret Court, my Margaret. tennis court is a safe space to do whatever the fuck I want on it. You know, Rebel Wilson should just tell Margaret Court to get out. Get out. Get out. out. Or come out. One of the two. <laughs> um, what do you, what do you, what's your flop, Paul? What's your flop? Okay, my flop is, so we've got this new big three. Everyone's talking about it. And, and two of them are showing up. Uh, but the third one, Yannick Sinner, who has a great game, great hair, great legs. He is the carrot to my stick. Um, and I'm very into him, but he he has this habit of retiring in the quarters. So just recently, the latest grass court tournament that he was in, he retired again in the quarters. He did the same thing at Indian Wells. He did it at Barcelona. He loves to get to the quarterfinals, and then he just pulls out. And it's really... Um, it's not cute. It's it, it's not a good look for the sport when someone in the top 10 is consistently doing that, especially at such a young age. Like, dude, I don't know if it's if it's something like physical that you need to get fixed. Fix it right away. Don't keep pushing yourself because you're going to end up with like long-term injuries. Or if it's mental, like do something. Or if it's just like you get tired, like working your conditioning. I don't know what it is, but Sinner keeps pulling out of the quarters and it makes it really hard to root for him because it's one thing to lose in a tournament but it's another thing just to pull out and it's like okay well great yeah what is your what is your flop well i've, I've spoken about this a little bit already but again that that grass season is just it's it's messy i i feel like um there should be some sort of anchor with the grass season like some sort of masters 1000 or you know wta 1000 event anchoring it that everyone plays at um you know the people don't pull out of uh mm -hmm. i i just feel like um it, it's such a great surface and we have arguably tennis's biggest event played on that surface but the lead up is botch year in and year out. And I, I guess I should just get used to it because it's been that way for a long time. But I don't know. It's a flop for me. It's a flop. I, I flop, hear you. Flop. Like, I, I mean, every other surface, well, all two other, or I guess three if you count indoor, they've got a, a Masters 1000 tournament. And they're, like, mm -hmm. there should be a Masters 1000 grass tournament. I absolutely agree with that. Because it also would get people like, I mean, Djokovic, he's not even preparing for Wimbledon. I mean, there's no reason for these people to play and there should be some mandatory premier level events. I totally agree. Yeah. I, unfortunately, the only solution would be to push Wimbledon back or to push the French Open up. And I just don't, you know, to, to allow a little bit more time for that grass yeah. season to heat up and for that there to be that that big event or those big events. And I just, for a variety of reasons, uh, reasons don't think that's going to happen. So we're just, we might just have to accept this messy, sloppy, slippy, slidey grass court season. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, like the, 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 the tour is it. I mean, look, I am exhausted and I'm just watching the tennis. It is there. The, the, these players, I mean, they, okay. So I had this white Lotus moment the other night where I was just like, remember Tanya McCord, She's mm -hmm. like, these gays, they're trying to murder me. And like, 
this tour, it's trying to murder me. Like, it's like, it is ruthless. It is nonstop. They are just going from place. Yeah, like there is no, there is no room for a grass 1000, but there should be something needs to give. Uh, <laughs> so what's, what's your outburst, Paul? Okay. So my outburst, uh, real quick, again, the boys are just going for each other. It, it, the ATP, they are, real bitch's and playing just like they they're gunning for each other so uh i mean this might this might also be like a a, a bop for me but when musetti was playing rune uh he uh fully went after rune with again like yes i know that you believe that it's a fair play when someone is at the net and uh is lobbed and then they smash it and it goes right after, uh, right, right into the person. But it was, it was hardcore. So I think that this was in, uh, you know, the London semifinals, and uh, Musetti just basically pegged him from ten feet away, and it was just brutal. And Rune was just like, he looked like upset and annoyed and a little scared and it's just like i feel like people are going after each other a little too much on the men's tour and it's just getting a little i don't want, i don't think it's dangerous but it's not um it's not exactly like, like you would never see rafa or roger do any of that stuff and that's always a good litmus test for me like would roger or rafa do that and they wouldn't and so even though it's you, fair i think it's bullshit you're you're like it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt is what it's, I, you're 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 mostly a cool mom, but you're gonna come out there on court and you're gonna be like, boys, break it up. Break someone, it someone's up, gonna get boys. someone's gonna get hurt. Yeah, I don't the know. same thing I'm, happened with with uh, Davidovich Fakina, and uh, what's that guy's name? Kozov. Um, Kotov. Kotov. Yeah. Yeah. So again, he gunned down Fakina, Davidovich Fakina, and they had the the coldest handshake, you know, Fakina, Davidovich Fakina just like slapped his hand when they, when they um, finished the match and, and had some real words for him. It's like, you know, look, I'm sorry. No one even knows who you are, Miss Kotov. And so you can't really just be gunning after uh, someone who's got some real talent out there. It just feels real. It, it, it feels cheap. It feels like a, this is not pickleball. And the last one, you know, we've got Bublik, who also he was rushing Zverev's serve and just like really playing his like wacky, intimidating kind of way of playing. And Bublik is just he's been stealing some headlines lately. Speaking of Bublik, I mean, he kind of came out like <laughs> Pride Month. Like that's this is exciting. So there was this changeover, right? I mean, and that's often when people come out. Look, and... uh, sorry, a, a changeover is also gay slang for coming out. I've changed over. Yeah. I came out of the closet. I changed over. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. Changed over, crossed over. Yes. Um, Carol Ann. Yep. And, and he was saying, you know, it was, it was, again, it was in Russian and my Russian is spotty. So I don't know exactly Not what best. he was saying, but I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him for finally... You know, it's hard to do, especially from Russia, like that, that notoriously anti-gay yeah. country. And here he is, like just talking, not only coming out, but talking about his sexual practices unapologetically. Like he's, yeah. you know, like he's an, an, I guess, an oral top. Like that's primarily what he is. Yeah. I, I, I'm i going to go ahead and say what he said. Do you okay. think it's safe to say? Um, sure i mean i'm gonna say one of the f words but not the other I, i'm going to not say the one that i'm allowed to say because i am one okay but i'm gonna say the other one because uh it's like hbo and everyone can say fuck now yeah uh, but yeah he said fucking bastards luck i fucked its mouth it's just fucking bullshit they will tell me to practice fuck you blank i fucked your mouth so I don't, I mean, I'm not so upset about the, um, the F slur for, for gay people, which, you know, not cool, not cool, but like, whatever. But I find it just really interesting. Like, yeah, like, wait, he fucked its mouth. First of all, whose mouth? I, I, I think, you know, the, he his has coach? a team. He's got, yeah. yeah, he's got a team. He's got his coach, his physio, maybe his, maybe he's got a sports psychologist involved. There's some kink terminology going. It's like its mouth, not not his mouth or her mouth or your, it's like, what's it? Oh, you're just like a, you're like a gimp. I fucked its mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like what, yeah. like I fucked your mouth. Like what, like, what is that? I, I'm just curious. Like, 
everyone's like, oh, he needs to apologize. It's not a safe space for anyone. I just want Claire. I, good journalism would be like, whose mouth and what yeah. exactly do you mean? Um, so congratulations, Andre Bublik. Yes. You, you've joined yes. us um, in Happy Pride. When we come back, we're going to talk about Wimbledon and preview the potentially greatest, definitely the campiest Grand Slam of the year. Welcome back, everybody. And now, before we get into our Wimbledon preview, we've got a word from our sponsor. In honor of Wimbledon, our sponsor this week is Rogers Fedoras. Are you feeling rough without the RF? In need of some classic style that says, see you later, tennis courts, and hello, Met Gala? Well, come check out Rogers Fedoras. Try the one-handed models for the ultimate in sophistication. And just during Wimbledon, when you buy 23, you get the 24th free. That's Rogers Fedoras. Fedoras for men. Billy, are you going to buy a Rogers Fedora? I'm going to buy 23 and get that 24th free, I think. What a deal. That's a steal. That's going to make you the goat. Each each Fedora, I think, is about 150 bucks. So do the math. Like, that that won't be too expensive. 23 will only set me back about 30,000. 23, one for every chromosome. When you say 23, it makes me think of that the reality, which is that Novak Djokovic has 23 slams and could very well get 24 at Wimbledon. Should we get into our Wimbledon preview? We should. And like, look, let's just look, let's take a collective moment to acknowledge exactly what is happening and what's going to happen. Look, guys, spoiler alert. This is not a prediction. I didn't have to look at my crystal balls for this. Djokovic is going to end up with at least 27 or 28 grand slams. It's done. It's done. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, bam. Boom. Okay, great. Moving on. Like, we don't ever have to talk about it again. It's fucking Voldemort. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Yeah. I, you know, the stages of grief, like I'm at the acceptance stage. I'm at the eating stage, (laughs) but that's fine. Do you, do you think though, like, is this Novak slam to win? Is he just going to win it? Like, should we just even. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, the stats are disgustingly in his favor. I mean, there was something, some stat on Instagram where it was like number of tour matches, one on grass. And his, it was something like, you know, in the 80s or 90s. And I think the next one was like eight, six. I mean, they're just like playing on grass. Like we've already talked about. It's real different. It's real tough. And this year also is the year that if and probably when Novak wins, he's going to tie Roger Federer's record for the most Wimbledon titles. So, yay, another another uh, milestone toppled by the queen. You know, the the. the most likely person to take Novak out, I think, is that lines woman who we hit, hit at the U.S. Open back. In. She's my goat. So can 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 Wimbledon get her? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I think she's his most likely foil, honestly. Look, just like they need to bring back the models for uh, the ball boys and girls to go on tour. We also need that woman in particular to go on tour as Novak's personal lines person even when <laughs> they use hawkeye even when they use uh you know anything electronic lines calling do they yeah. even call it hawkeye anymore am i dating myself no, no they do they do they do yeah. okay yeah. um because i know branding but uh but yeah i mean even when they're, she should be the one lines person on the on the stand that she should be in line of sight of him at all times yeah yeah she should uh, like follow him around very closely yeah Just, <laughs> uh, while while he's playing because um, honestly i was trying to think about it. i was like who on earth is going to meet him in the finals. Like the the draws just came out. Kyrgios is actually in his half. I think they're gonna they're set if they play through. They'll meet in the quarters, which you know, great. I'm not a I'm not on the Kyrgios train right now. I I think that he had his moment, and I think he freaked himself out. Long story short, who the hell is Novak gonna play in the final, and is it gonna be interesting at all? I mean, this is wishful thinking probably, but I I've thought wishfully before and i'll think wishfully again uh alcaraz as you said he did seem to find his grass court game pretty quickly and Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, i know wishful thinking but he is so talented and i know that french open semi was a bit of a 
clunker, but it was very close until the cramps happened. So Alcaraz, maybe, maybe, or, or like the lineswoman. Those are my lineswoman or <laughs> Alcaraz. Yeah, are my two picks to to derail Novak, but I don't think it's going to yeah. happen. Who do you think is going to win or, on the women's side? Or some sort of outburst. Like, I think there, I yeah. think that there's, yeah. all, like, it's like if there was sort of, um, you know, if you if you went to the bookies in Las Vegas, it's like, okay, maybe the number one thing that might take Djokovic out is like a 4% chance that Alcaraz will win. The next is like a 50 to 1 odds that he will just default in some sort of douchebaggy way. He will either like kick a puppy on the way out or he'll, you know, have a super spreader event or he'll do something that's just like really stupid. Or maybe someone will finally find out what the heck is in that nanotechnology that is giving him an advantage. Like what? Like I still don't, does he still, is he going to bring that out? Is he going to come out in like an Iron Man suit? I, I, as long as it's all white, probably. And (laughs) except the panties, his panties can be purple. His his panties will be Iron Man red and yellow. But um, (laughs) I, with a little Robert Downey Jr. uh, face on them. But um, (laughs) is kicking puppies, you mentioned, uh, first of all, that's Novak would never kick a puppy. And would he? I don't think he would even Novak would kick a puppy. And also, I don't know if that gets you defaulted. You might be able to kick kick puppies galore and and stay in the tournament. I don't I don't know. Really? Do I I have to look at the ATP rule book about where kicking puppy. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. think that I think that if 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 he were to kick a puppy on the way out to a match. Would he get, I think that he would get a serious talking to, <laughs> I think that he would get booed every second of that match. Um, would he get defaulted though? I don't know. And also, I don't know if he would lose. Like, that's how annoying it is. It's just, yeah. He would love it. He would love it. He'd be like, yeah, keep, keep booing me, you puppy lovers. Yeah. No, and I mean, like, look, the uh, the 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 other half of the draw, like, there's, I mean, look, it's gonna be either like Alcaraz or maybe Tsitsipas in the final. I bet, like, honestly, either one of them against him in the final. Mm, you know, I would maybe like Medvedev. It to be, can it be Sissidosa? Can it be Novak versus Sissidosa in the final? Like, can they? Can... Why not? Love is love. Yeah, Fuck. I I want it to be. Uh, uh, Australian doubles for the uh, Wimbledon final. Um, who's who, who's your who's your pick on the women's side? You know, the grass form is a little cuckoo, a little kiki, a little caca, and <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm gonna say I see Petra having a really nice run, but I don't know if she's. I I, I don't know if I see her winning back to back tournaments like that. So. But I do think she's going to have a good run. Um, but I think actually uh, there's a really good chance that Rabakina, uh is going to repeat. Although I'm really intrigued by her first round match. Because she is playing one of my favorites, Shelby Rogers. Shelby Rogers, who never quite gets seated. She could she could take Rabakina out. Rabakina is a bit of a question mark because she had that viral illness uh, at the French and she pulled out of a tournament recently saying she's still feeling the lingering effects. So, yeah, I don't know which Rabakina is going to show up. I, I agree with you. I think Petra is she is the WTA's best grass court player, but that doesn't mean she's going to be able to win seven straight matches. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that my pick is Sviantek because I wow. was, I know she I know she pulled out controversially of her latest match at at Bad Homburg, but I'm sure that was precautionary, right? Just because Wimbledon was coming up the next week, and um, the way she was looking at that the in the quarterfinal against was it Blinkova mm-hmm. was wow. She can translate that game to grass. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Shantek. I hope it's Petra. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I love that the, the WTA is in such a state where the, 
the player who has been number one for like 60 weeks in a row now, it's still a controversial decision to say she's got a good shot at winning. Cause I'm just like, I don't see it, but yeah, maybe, maybe, but that's the thing you could have freaking Coco Goff in the final. You could have Sabalenka in the final. You could have Mukova. You could have Vekic. Like, I don't know. They're all like, sure. And I don't know if it's because of parody. I know everyone's going to say, oh, it's because it's such a deep, deep field. It's not that deep. It's like two inches. It's just like, it's no one's really stepping up the way that we want them to. Like, there's just, it's, it's real wide open. Uh, Sviantek has stepped up. She has been consistently winning over the past year and a half for sure um grass raise your hand on this zoom (laughs) grass though i'm I'm gonna gonna lower lower your hand hand. yeah lower my hand sir i'm gonna slap that hand down oh i'm i'm lowering it oh there we go okay and uh i grass is though she hasn't proven herself on grass so that's why i think you know shviantex is is, we're not sure about her um what uh the draw just came out um yeah. have you had a chance to look at it i looked at it uh, there are some exciting first rounds what do you think i know i love it i love it um yeah no there's some great first round matches um the one that jumps out on the men's side is dominic team and Tsitsipas. Um, yeah I, I don't think it's going to be that great of a match i know Tsitsipas is going to get through it fairly easily maybe in four if not in three um my question is like is dominic team done he really seems like a shell of himself. Uh, he's had some flashes mm-hmm. of past form, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like he's less physically imposing than he was. His, I feel like his butt's smaller. I'm I'm honestly serious. <laughs> I like he, he's not as strong. I, I I don't know. I. He seems he seems like a sweet guy, but uh, he might be done. We'll yeah. see. I hope yeah. he surprises us. I was team team for a while, but now I'm I'm not a believer. I'm not a teamer. And um, what about so you know big women's first round match Williams versus Svitolina? What do you think? Uh, I'm, wow, I mean the two wild card. These are Svitolina is a former number three. I mean had just came back from maternity leave and got to the quarters of the French. She's playing great. This is a terrible draw for Venus. Um, Terrible. I, I, I'm just going to get my popcorn and watch. I'm going to cheer for Venus. Of course. Although I, I, I'm not, I don't dislike Svitolina. I used to kind of be not her biggest fan. Now I kind of like her. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just going to be a good popcorn match. Uh, I'm sure it'll be on, on, on a big court. Um, well, and she's I back also, to the Tsitsidosa, like, she, like so she and Gael, like, gems. Yes. Gael and Svitolina made me like both of them more. Tsitsidosa, no impact. I, I don't care about Badosa or Tsitsipas still. Like, they, this is a couple that's doing it right, Svitolina and Monfils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, any other first-round matches that are interesting? I, I, I'm interested in uh, Ken and Goff, for mm. sure. Sophia Cannon, she qualified, sadly beating Taylor Townsend in the final round of qualifying. I but um, I think she could. She's a good grass court player. I think she could take it to Goff. I think her strategy might be to hit it to Goff's forehand mm. because that seems to be the strategy. What I would do. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of another. Everyone talks about Goff's forehand nonstop. Can you think of another like top five, top ten player with such a glaringly weak? wing the only one that comes that jumps to mind and there's probably a few out there but back in the 90s when um Sellas was really dominating graph it's because she was able to get to graph's backhand so graph's forehand right. was just fucking uh, unbelievable the backhand right. was just always a slice it was just always a chip and charge a slice 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 so if you could get it to compared to steffi's forehand her backhand was meh but yeah goff's forehand it is i feel like she just needs to completely reconstruct it and go back to it Agreed. Uh, well, I'm. I can't wait for Wimbledon. It starts on Monday. We're gonna have a party for the next two weeks, and and also, fun fact: I don't think we've told anybody, but I'm actually in New York because I'm on my way to Wimbledon. I'm <gasps> going to be going to the third round of Wimbledon on July seventh. So if anybody's there, look for the ball boys. 
Um, I will be the guy lingering outside of the locker room, trying to get the the ins and outs and the real scoops going on at Wimbledon. You'll, you'll be the guy who's like, I'll have the strawberries and cream. Hold the strawberries. Hold the strawberries and the cream because I don't eat dairy. And that's our episode, everyone. Uh, this has been the latest and greatest episode of Ball Boys. As always, it's been a pleasure. Billy, I... Uh, had a great time with you. I did too, Paul. You're a dream. Have so much fun at Wimbledon. I can't I wait to hear all the about next it. Next time I see you, I'm going to be bicontinental mm. or incontinent. Right. I whatever. Anyway, can't wait. Beta everyone, breath. have a great Fourth of July. And for our non-American listeners, suck it. Bye, everybody. Say good night, Billy. Good night, Billy.